0: Welcome to the Root Reasons Podcast. This podcast explores the sources of imbalance and unwellness in the body. We will have discussions with health and wellness experts from all over the world that will offer you solutions to take back your wellness so that you can be your own health advocate and stop chasing after those symptoms. We will also share stories of resilience, hope, and healing. I'm your host, Jessica Bricky licensed massage therapist, and functional nutritionist. I can't wait to share with you today's topic. So let's get right to it. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us today on the Root Reasons podcast. And today we're going to do something really fun and a little bit different, a little bit of a derailment of the things you've been listening to on the podcast My guest today is Lisa Morrison. She is an evidential psychic medium. She's going to explain to us a little bit more of all the things that she does, and we're going to talk about her life and how her talents came to be and how she uses them in people's journey for healing from many different things. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. So I know that we talked a little bit before uh, we got recording that your childhood or teenage years were maybe a little bit difficult. I'm assuming, was it, yeah, was it in your earlier years that it started? The, the No, it, it
1: actually, it started in my 20s.
0: Oh, it started later on. Yeah, it started later on. And um, how did it show up for
1: you? So what happened was I had had uh, my second daughter in November of 2011. And then we had some family stuff going on in December and January. And then back in January, I went, I went back to work and I commuted pretty far down Westchester County, which was like an hour from where I am. And after a couple of weeks, I decided it was too much commuting. And I had two, two kids at home now at the time, an infant and a two-year-old that decided to quit my job. And that same week that once I was home, I started to have panic attacks. I'd never had them before. And so, you know, my husband and my mother felt Oh, you know, the hormones from the pregnancy, the, the, yeah, the stress of what was going on with my family member at the time. She was in and out of the hospital. There was a lot going on with her over the holidays and in, in the beginning of January. And then the fact that I went from having a routine for so many years to now I'm stuck in four walls. With two little kids in the middle of winter. So they're trying to rationalize what, what's happening to me.
0: Which in, um, in retrospect, you know, like in a lot of people's worlds, that would be enough to be the reasons why those things would be happening in the body. For sure. Right. But, it, you know,
1: it, and, and I listened. I did listen to them and, and I said, all right, well, we'll, we'll see what happens. But over the course of maybe six, eight weeks, it progressively got so bad that I was afraid to leave the house for anything. And anytime my husband left the house, the whole time I was on edge thinking something bad was going to happen to him. And I never had any of those thoughts and things like that. So I got to the point where they were like, you really need to seek, you know, some help. And I was like, I I don't want to, I'm not a. A big fan personally of medication. I know it helps other people, but for me, I didn't want to go that route, and I knew that that's that's what would happen. But they kept pushing me, and it was so bad that I said, "Fine, I'll just go." Mm-hmm. So I did go. I saw my primary, um, who gave me a Xanax and told me to see a therapist. So I, I went to the therapist. So I, I went through and I did everything they wanted me to do, and we would bring up things from my childhood because you know we all have stuff, right? Sure. Yeah. So. And she's trying to figure out where this is coming from. And it's still continued to get worse and worse and worse and worse. So nothing was helping. Then I was watching a TV show one night, which I'm sure people that are listening probably know Long Island medium. Right. And she had had a friend of hers on that was like the woman that trained her. She's a spiritual healer. And she apparently had Teresa had gone through the same types of issues with anxiety and stuff like that. And, um, so I, I do want to, I want to look this woman up. So I, I check her out. I see a lot of reviews, people saying, oh, she helped mm-hmm. me with my anxiety. She, you know, she cured me of my anxiety. And I'm like, well, this is intriguing. And I'm so desperate for relief at this point. Cause You're I'm right. not myself going to try whatever. Yeah. So I ended up reaching out to her and made an appointment, but there was a bit of a wait. Cause that was in April, the appointment, she, the earliest she could get me was in July. So
0: I suffered till then. <laughs> yes. Oh my and, goodness. Um,
1: Along with your family,
0: right? Everybody that you're suffering and everybody beside you was suffering. It
1: was, you know, I feel bad. I look back in retrospect to my husband, how he held it together, you know, see, he still had to go to work and support us and um, how you know, and then try to keep me calm. And I know, you know, after the fact, he would tell me, and we'll still talk about it once in a while about how worried he was and how he was afraid to leave the house. Not that I would hurt myself, but he was afraid to leave the house because he was afraid he was going to get a phone call that I'd be freaking out and there was nothing he could do because I'd be freaking
0: out over nothing. So it wasn't like you, nobody was concerned for your safety per se at this time. Right. Or, or the kid's safety. Right, You were home with the kids. This was a matter of you being in a full-blown panic attack and really not in a good place. Right. Like the constant fight or flight
1: fear. It was all fear. Yeah. Fear. Yes. Think, thinking the worst. Thinking that something bad's going to happen. Something bad's going to happen. Like that's where I was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we, we would go out. I remember one time we went to Home Depot. We walked in. I was fine. We walked into the store. We weren't there 30 seconds. He's looking at something on a shelf. And all of a sudden, I was like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. We have to leave. And I ran. I bolted out the door. Same thing. I remember one night I stopped at uh, the local stop and shop. Same thing. I was by myself. I had to pick up two things. I walked in the store. I start pushing the car to get to the first aisle. All of a sudden, I had all these crazy racing thoughts. And I again, all of a sudden, hyperventilating. I felt like there was pressure on my chest. And then I start pacing back and forth. Going, I hope nobody's noticing this because I'm like freaking out. And then I couldn't remember what I needed to get. And I just left the car in the aisle and ran out the store.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. And that was never made. That's never,
1: ever been made before. Right. So b-
0: prior to all of this, you were living a normal life. You were commuting, as you say, an hour to do your regular job. Like, you know, you were a functioning fine. Didn't, did you have any types of like little bit of anxiety that showed up before this? No. Just out of the blue. I mean, the only
1: thing I can think of is like, I was always a nail biter.
0: So a little bit nervous.
1: Could be anxiety. Yeah. But, and I did that like my whole life, like from from when I was little. But like, no, issues with like feeling like I can't breathe or dizzy spells or feeling uneasy or shaky, or, you know, or even having these racing thoughts of fear. All I mean, we all have some fear and and trauma and stuff, but not where it was out of the blue for no, you know what I mean? There was no trigger.
0: It was just happening. Incredible. So you fast forward. Now you get to this appointment with, I get this person.
1: To the and it was funny because I start to speak. And of course I'm talking a mile a minute and I don't realize it. I'm just uh, like fight or flight trying to just fill her in on everything that's been going on with me for six months now. Cause it started in January the anxiety. And, um, the first thing she does is she says, all right, I need you to stop and I need you to ground yourself. Do you know what that means? And I was like, I don't have a clue. So (laughs) she, um, I was like, but it sounds good. So she said, put your feet flat on the floor and close your eyes. And told me to think of two beams of light, one from each foot, and then one coming down from my tailbone and imagine them going down into the earth And she said, just breathe and imagine it when you feel like it's all the way in the core and it hooks in, open your eyes. So I did that. And when it happened, the bottom half of my legs went numb, like from the knee down. So I opened my eyes and she goes, well, you look calmer. And I said, all right. I said, well, I don't know. Could you do it wrong? I don't know. I don't (laughs) even know what this is. I don't know what that means. And, um she goes, no, you can't do it wrong. As long as you just visualize yourself being grounded back here in the present on the earth. And I said, well, why would my legs go numb? And she just kind of all of a sudden smirked. Like she had this weird face on, she goes, I think you have more than anxiety going on, but then she left it at that. Right. So we, I I didn't know what she meant. And I was just like, okay, I'm not asking questions. I just, just help me. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so we finished discussing everything I had gone through. And um then she did, she does spiritual healing, which is like a form of like God giving energy healing. So those that know Reiki, like Reiki, for example, is something that you get passed down through an attunement. Spiritual healing is more of something you're born with. So you cut, they, the spiritual healers use more of their own energy versus when you do Reiki, you're channeling that energy. So she puts her hands on the back of, of my shoulder. She stands behind me. It lasts about 10 minutes. And now I'm seeing all these colors, which now I know what they were. But at the time, I didn't know they were different chakra colors. Right. right? And at one point, I remember seeing a dragon. Now, I've never seen anything when I've closed my eyes. So before ever in my life that I could remember. So I'm going, now I'm seeing these colors. My eyes are closed. Now I saw this face of a dragon and it opened its mouth and it went to come at me and then just disappeared.
0: Now, did you verbalize this during this process as it was happening or no? No, I told her,
1: I told her at the end, I didn't say anything about the colors, but I did tell her about the dragon and she felt that there was something that I was releasing some sort of either anger or something I had been holding on to that was being released. So we left it at that. She gave me um, a couple of books Cause there was also a lot, a lot of the fear was revolving around death or something bad happening to my husband or my kids or me. Mm-hmm. So she gave me some books, like a list of books to read. And we talked about meditation and i had never meditated before. I had no spiritual practices. That wasn't anything I was into.
0: This and, is such a uh, departure from your life. I mean, this is a whole yeah. complete 180.
1: Yeah, it was. I, And I didn't know what to make of it. And I didn't understand a lot of it at the time. But I was just like, whatever. I'm, this woman clearly knows what she's doing. She has great reviews. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to listen to her. I'm listening to her, especially because I don't want to be on, you know, I didn't want to be put on tranquilizers, you know, and things like that for my whole life. And yeah. numbed. I hate to say it, but those that's what that does is kind of numbs you. So. Yeah. so I go home and the first thing we noticed on the drive home, because my husband drove me down, it was on Long Island is I had all of a sudden had this issue over those six months with bridges. Now, I drove over a bridge every day, five days a week for eight years to Westchester. No problem. Morning, night, never an issue. I had had this thing where we got on a bridge and I'd start to panic. And if there was traffic and we were stopped on the bridge, I'm thinking the bridge is going to collapse and we're all going to die. Right. So even on the way down, that had happened. We're going over the the tap and zing. That's what it was at the time. Right. So we're driving home now and we're in traffic on that bridge. And I'm just looking out the window and like, I'm not even realizing. And my husband smacks my arm and he goes, did you notice something? I said, no, what? And he goes, you're not freaking out.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, I didn't even realize. <laughs> you're just enjoying the view. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, you're not freaking out. I'll drive you to Long Island every week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, but then this is where things got crazy. In the course of the next three to four weeks after I saw her, I started to see things at night when I was trying to go to sleep. Okay. Like, remember when I said I saw that dragon and when my eyes were closed and those colors... I'd start to see faces being drawn almost like on a chalkboard. It was an outline. Uh And then there would be like symbols and shapes, you know, spirals and triangles and circles and squares. So, and it was always right between like the sleep and wake, right? Which is kind of like the meditative state, right? Mm -hmm. When you're dozing, but you're not complete, it would start to happen and I jump up. So now all of a sudden I wasn't getting sleep at night because oh my goodness, this would stage. happen four or five times before I'd actually be able to fall asleep. right? And I didn't know what was happening. So I was scared. So this, this goes on and I'm like, all right. And then all of a sudden the anxiety started. I wasn't feeling anxious the first couple of days after I saw Pat, the anxiety starts to creep back up, but I'm also thinking now there's, I'm, I'm, not getting a good night's sleep because I keep waking up, you know, like I sure. can't fall asleep. And then, so one morning I wake up, it's now the beginning of August. So it's about a month later that since I would seen her and my husband's at work and it's two kids, so me and the two kids. And all of a sudden I start to get this burning sensation on the top of my scalp. And it really honestly felt like there was bugs crawling. So at first I'm like itching it and I'm itching it. And it's, it's getting worse. And now I'm starting to freak out because I'm like, is am I having a stroke? Well, like, what is happening? Yeah. So now I've got my head in the sink, in the kitchen sink. I got my one daughter's in the swing and my other two-year-olds, you know, crawling around, playing with their toys. And i am got cold water on, on and my head's in the sink. And I'm like, why does it feel like my head's on fire? What is wrong with me? Something's happening. I'm going to die. So... I, something says, just e- email this woman, even though I'm thinking something physical is happening to me. Something said, email her. Right. So I, I get on my computer. I email her. I said, I don't know what's going on. I said, but what since I've seen you, I told her what was going on at night. And then I said, and now today I said, something's going on with my scalp. I said, I really didn't want to take any of those pills, but I think I'm going to have to take one of those Xanax. I'm freaking out. What is happening to me? Um, she got back to me within 20 minutes and she's busy. So I was shocked. Thank goodness. Um, And she said, could you call me at like one o'clock? She was, she was doing, she was with a client. She goes, can you call me at one o'clock? So I was like, yeah. So I called her. The first thing she says to me is she goes, wow, your crown is opening up fast. And I was like, what the heck does that mean? (laughs) So I was like, what? She goes, that, that sensation that you're having that's your crown chakra opening up. She goes, sometimes it's a process and it takes time. She goes, and I remember when it happened to me, she at the time was still working a regular job. And she said the same thing. It's she got, had a burning sensation. And then it felt like there was creepy crawlies all over her head right. and it lasted about four hours. And then it went away. And that's about how long mine lasted for. Right. And she said, that's what was happening. And it never happened again. Right. So clearly it wasn't anything physical happening to me. Like right. I thought. Right. Um, so between that and then the, what I told her about the visions at night, she said, well, she goes, did I mention during our session that I felt that you were a medium? And I said, no. And she goes, well, that's, she goes, oh, she goes, I must've slipped my mind. I was going to bring it up at the end. She goes, because when you said that you felt that connection when your legs went numb, I felt you were feeling something. And she, she starts explaining all this stuff. So I was like, wait a minute. I was like, this can't be real. Like I've always believed in, psychics and mediums but there was no way that that one that I won let alone what's happened in the last six months has anything to do with that right right but then you know I then you know my husband comes home we start talking about it and we always watched it because that was the beginning of Long Island Medium and there was episodes where Teresa would talk about she was afraid to go on a plane. She was afraid I, to go on an elevator. I was, was I watched to, that show too. And I can remember she talked about all those fears that she had. And, and Larry, also, would, and her husband at the time would have to deal with all her. Pat, she would freak out. She couldn't, no, she was claustrophobic. She was this, she was that. I mean, the, the original reason I thought was she went to see Pat. And when she met Pat was because there was like, I believe there was a wedding for a family member out West and she couldn't get on the plane. They wanted her to come to the wedding and she was afraid to get on a plane. Right. So it was in essence, she, you know, she's like, I've dealt with this. She goes, I've seen so many people that have anxiety and it turns out the anxiety isn't even theirs. It's other, the energies around them and the way their body's processing it. Cause they don't realize
0: right. What's happening. So
1: when she said it, it made sense, but I still was in disbelief and doubtful. I was like, cause it's
0: me, you know, if it was anybody else, I'd say, Oh, that's really neat. But now, How going, lucky are you? Or, but you yeah, know, but but here you are, it happens so quickly, right? So here you are in your early twenties, you've had no sign of anything prior to, and now all of a sudden you find yourself in this situation where you've had this really difficult eight months at this point, because now we're into August, right, August, eight months of all of this stuff going on. Why? You know, it wouldn't be, even if somebody's telling you, I would say that's not the first thing that comes to mind is that this is what's going on because what about all the other 20 years? Why, why now? Right. What, was, right. was there, was that stress and all of the things that were going, was that a triggering event? I mean, you know, I do a lot of energy work in my office as well, but not this, right? Obviously this is, this is, I don't know anything about this, but is there a triggering event that creates this for some people?
1: Well, yeah, the, I did ask her that because everything you hear, a lot of these mediums are on TV or the interviews over the years, they always talk, you know, with different mediums, talk about, you know, what they remember when it's seeing things as a child. Right. And I was like, I don't understand because I thought if you have it, you're born with it. And she goes, yeah, that's true. And I said, well, then, you know, I'm, I'm was 20. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm 28 years old right now. Like, where, where, are, where was it? And she goes, well, did you have a traumatic event as a child? And I said, I did. Mm -hmm. And she goes, all right, she goes, and then we discussed all the traumatic things that went down between November and January for you, you know, and, and people look at trauma like certain things like, oh, that's not really traumatic. Well, what, you know I mean? We think traumatic, like an accident or death, it doesn't always have to be to that scale.
0: Well, I talk about this a lot, trauma, because I, you know, in, in my work, um, And I've been talking about this a lot, actually, just in the last three days, I've done a couple of things on it. And as a matter of fact, my class, my coaching session tonight is going to be with my group and my membership is on trauma. And the one thing that I say is yes, today's Instagram also there. Trauma doesn't have to be. Like this great, big, humongous thing. Like you think it's got to be like a big accident, something sudden that happens, a rape, you know, like those kinds of things is what you associated, but it could be you were six years old and it was a really bad thunderstorm that scared the crap out of you. It could be that you overheard an argument between your parents. It scared you or, you know, whatever. It doesn't have to be, you know, repeated abuse or any of those big things to be in the trauma world. So... You're right, right. and ba- and basically, what she said was the one trauma
1: closed it off. The other traumas later on opened it back up, almost like a near-death experience. You know, my trauma as a child, my father walked out, and it's it went and it put a lot into perspective when she said this because I never really thought about it before. Mm-hmm. He walked out on us when I was seven. He mm-hmm. had an affair. Uh, my mother caught him. He had been having it for several months, and she caught him, and he walked out. Right, And that was it. Like he was going to go be with this other woman when she, he got caught. And I really don't remember anything. Bits and pieces before that age of seven, like my mom will talk about memories. Do you remember this? Cause most kids will remember three, sure. four, five. Yeah. I don't remember remember it. I never realized it. And I do know that there is some scientific thing where basically the body, the mind shuts off almost like the blue screen of death. I call it on the computer, (laughs) like to save yourself. Yep. So I was like, Holy cow. Like I can't even remember like a lot of my childhood when everything was okay at home. And I had both parents. Right. And when my dad left, I was the, I was the suppressor. Mm-hmm. My sister's, uh, my sister handled it. She was younger, different than I, did. I actually pretended nothing was wrong. Right. And I didn't cry. I didn't, nothing. I just, but then things started happening in school. Like I was pretending I wasn't feeling good and sick all the time. And like that, you know, like the following year or two years and things like that. But I pretended, I always pushed it all down. Right. And that's all. That's all work I've been doing the last couple of years. So it's all
0: been coming back up. Yeah, um, I would imagine, and it's a lot, and it's important work. And from my world, because uh, being a functional nutritionist, when we suppress and we're stuck in those traumas, what tends to happen is it can create all kinds of illness in the body because we're stuck there. And there's, from a physical standpoint, what's happening is you know the adrenals, the fight or flight, or freeze syndrome, like the things that you were talking about before that were activated in you, we're stuck in there. And so when that's happening in the body, well, guess what disease is going to start to become a part of our world, whether it's an underlying autoimmune condition or thyroid or reproductive or, you know, blood sugar and whatever. There's so many things that can cancers that can be related to or impartial trauma is is a big part of that. So it's hard work. Sometimes it's really hard work. Sometimes it's not, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of acknowledging and working on it and moving forward. And sometimes it's a lot more than that, but good for you for recognizing that that's something that happened in your world and that you continue to grow and move on from that.
1: Yeah, it did. It opened. So it helped me not just obviously on a professional level where I'm at now, but just as a personal level to start acknowledging and realizing things that I needed to heal within myself, you know, and when I, once she point Pat pointed this out to me that this is what was going on, you know, I said, all right, I'll go with this. If this is going to make me feel better. And it was, I started to take classes and read, you know, my mom's would bring a coworker over to her house on a Saturday afternoon that I didn't know. And she wouldn't tell me anything, see what you get kind of thing. Right. Just to practice. And the more I did that, the anxiety started to go away. Wow. Because it was almost like acknowledging an energy. I'm relaying whatever it is this, this energy that needs to express to the person I'm reading, right? Like, so whether, like, say it's somebody's deceased husband, you know, and, and, and their messages and their validations that they're around. So I'm not holding on to that energy. It's not like Mm -hmm. it's mixing with my energy and it's just staying there. It's moving. You know, I'm acknowledging it's not mine. I say what I have to, I relay the message or whatever, and I let it go. The anxiety went away, but I never intended this. This is the funniest part to be a a career. Like I did this to heal myself. Right. (laughs) And then. I had every intention of going back, and you know, I worked in finance, and I had every intention of going back to you know that career or a similar career when my children were in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And next thing I know, as I'm practicing on these these random people, you know, my mom's friends and coworkers or other friends would bring a friend over. All of a sudden, words started to travel because it came so natural to me.
0: Yeah,
1: even with the people before I had a lot of training, you know, like the information that would come out, like the validations, the accuracy of the information, like specific, it was specific stuff, right. You know, where people are, Oh, you got to see this girl. You got to see next thing I know, I'm getting emails and phone calls, like for people that want readings. And then it's just grown. I mean, this is now 10 years in the making. It's just grown. And I know now I'm international, you know, Oh, that's lot, exciting. I would have never, ever seen
0: this coming (laughs) for myself. Well, I got to tell you, so for anybody that's listening, I have personally been to Lisa. So I have been on the receiving end of sitting in a room while you have done your work and it is pretty special. It is pretty amazing. You are spot on when you do what you do, but I want to talk about a little bit. If you don't mind, we to pivot the conversation a little bit and talk about. We've talked about your journey, right? How all of this energy work and understanding what it was and being able to come to terms with it has helped you in your journey for wellness. Because you went from, you know, things were okay, and I'm sure a busy life, a busy mom, running a household, being married, having, as you say, stuff going on with your family at the time, and coming through the holidays. That's a lot just in in and of itself. And then to have this happen just brings it to a whole nother level. So I'm thrilled that you were able to tap into all this energy work and understand what your gifts were to be able to work on yourself. But in doing all of that, now you, as you say, have built this amazing practice. And I'm sure that you have people come to you that are in need of healing themselves whether it be from you know healing something from their own traumas or, you know, they're stuck in their grief process or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, but let's talk about that for a little bit. Like, how do you see, and I know you do other things too. So we talk about this as as, as you are, I'm going to say this wrong. So please correct me because I want to say these three things that you told me about, right? I introduced you as an evidential psychic medium. So I want to talk about the difference between those two and just a psychic and a medium and how we confuse those words. I think a lot of people, but also you talk about being a clairaudient, a clairvoyant, and cl- clarescent. Clariscent. Clarescentian. Clarescentian. Well, you know what? Yes. That does look, look like what my chicken scratch <laughs> says, <laughs> now that you say it. <laughs> so... Those are all things that are part of your gift and the things that you're able to do and the energy that you bring in. But in addition to that, as I was starting to say, you also do, you work with crystals, you do Mm -hmm. Reiki, you do past life work on people. So there's a whole lot of things that you bring to the table to help people with a whole bunch of things, right? Yep. Do you find it's for all kinds of things that people come to you or is there any one leaning towards you know it's people that are stuck in grief that come there or it's it's all over the map
1: it's all over it's a mixed bag you know i'll have people that are you know having problems grieving the loss of someone um whether it's you know a a lot of people especially guilt they they always feel guilty even if it's something that they had no part of that person's death Mm -hmm. there's some a lot of us, for some reason, tend to carry guilt. You know, wish we could have done more. Should we have done? Could there have been more that we could have done to help them? You know, did I do the right things? Did I make the right decisions? Everybody's always questioning. You know, so a lot of the times it's more of like the stuff that somebody puts on themselves. You know, mm-hmm. and they need that person who's passed to be like. But no, you did everything that you could, and we appreciate you, and we love you, and we're okay. You know, because right. that's the other thing. Some people go, "Are they okay over there?" You know, they yeah, you know, someone you know that had, say, a traumatic passing. Maybe they, you know, were murdered. Like I've seen all kinds of stuff. I'm or, sure you. I'm sure you have. You know, yeah, or maybe suffered. You know, with multiple health issues and you know, it was just hanging by a thread and going through all these tests and all of being hooked up to all kinds of things and watching them suffer and pain. You know, are they at peace? That's for the mediumship side. And then, you know, the psychic side of it, people, you know, are always worried, kind of always the same things, money, purpose, relationships.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all yeah. that stuff. It's interesting that you, you say that because I, uh, again, in talking, and I don't know, I don't think we talked about it while we're recording, but we talked about it before we started recording that last yesterday, I did an interview with somebody who is an anesthesiologist by day, but she also has a program that she helps people with advanced life care where they're preparing for death and with intentional dying. And she brought up that exact same point. She said, that so often that she finds that the relief process that comes through it is so that they don't have guilt later on because they're always questioning if you don't have these conversations prior to death and we don't get comfortable with the because none of us are getting out of here without going right. that way right if you don't get comfortable with those conversations that you do often wonder you know if it's a traumatic sudden thing did you make all the right decisions why weren't you where you were supposed to be or if it's a long term illness well what What were we supposed to do? Did you want this intervention? Did you not? If you haven't had these conversations and the guilt is overwhelming as they're going through this process, unless they're addressing it. But in your case, obviously people haven't done that, right? And it's either whether it's been sudden or they knew that the the death was going to come because it was a terminal illness. They still struggle with this guilt. And so what a gift for you. from just grieving and mourning the loss of
1: their loved one. It doesn't stop. It totally hinders the grieving process. Right. Wow. So I'm happy to be able to help them because uh, a lot of the time that organically in people's readings, things like that will come out, you know, they don't even have to ask, you know, not to say I haven't had people ask are they okay or are they mad at me or did I make the right decision? Mm-hmm. But a lot of it's organically, if it's meant to come out for a specific person, because it's not for everybody that sees me, yeah. but it, They will sometimes they'll bring it up. Like, why are you feeling guilty? You, you know, or somebody wanted to be at the person's bedside when they took their last breath and they made it, didn't make it, you know, or didn't get there after and they're feeling guilty. Like I wanted to be there, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: But it's out of their control and they have to learn to just accept what is for whatever the reason. And you know what I've even seen with what I've done? Some people will hold on and wait for their loved ones to leave. Or some of them will hold on and wait for their loved ones to show up too. Right. Like, to be, Yeah, I've heard those stories myself. Sure. Yeah. You know, like they, maybe they didn't want to let go in front of like their, maybe it's a mother that is dying and they don't want to let go in front of the daughter because they know it's going to be too painful for them to watch, even though that daughter had it in their mind that they wanted to be next to mom Yeah, when mom died. It's almost like they saved them that kind of trauma because then they'll start focusing on the last breath and- you know what i mean it'll keep replaying in their mind and then and that's another thing that could stop the grieving process because mm-hmm. they keep replaying these events that to them were traumatic like mm-hmm. some people look and, and sit next to a dying person and find the process beautiful i've talked to even they have those end-of-life doulas now that's a thing that is kind of similar to what you were saying with an anesthesiologist like they walk the family through the dying process and they hold their hand in the person who's passing and they they find death beautiful you know it's a transition it is and then there's yeah. a- that have anxieties and stuff. I mean, even I'll be honest, even me, I I can't watch that. Right. I had an uncle that was dying. Actually, it's weird. It was the same year that it all went down. It was April twenty twelve, and he, I, we went to see him at hospice in, New, at, in Newburgh, and it was a couple of days before he died, but he was breathing, was really shallow, and he's just staring around like a ghost, and like he couldn't speak, and he that for years plagued me and i wasn't even that close with him right. but just that image how that was scary to me yeah. not everybody can handle that stuff
0: yeah it's interesting because a lot of the stuff that you do right it's all energy work and so in this transition from life to whatever we're transitioning to it's an energy but right. they're maybe in some sort of state, and I, I don't know what that is, where they're able to pick up on how somebody's gonna be going forward, if they are there, if they're not there, or whatever it is. It's pretty amazing that people have that ability at that in their last moments here on earth to pick up and read on that energy. Wow, what a gift it must be. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure in the work that you do, there are days that it's really hard work. Um, But I'm sure that there are also some really, really beautiful moments.
1: Yeah, oh my God, absolutely. I mean, and there's been times I try to hold, you know, keep my emotions in check and, you know, keep it out of the process and strictly just be that channels for spirit. But there are times that there have been some stories where I cried with clients.
0: Right. Well, when we were there with my girlfriends, we left our ass off. Oh, really? I wish I could remember. It was not That's okay. This might remind you. So there were four of us and you wanted to stay longer, but you had another client. But my girlfriend's grandmother came through and was talking about how messy her house was. You kept saying, she's, grandma's, I'm sorry to say, she's kind of OCD. She's ironing everything. And she's like, yeah, that's my grandmother. And she said, and you said, maybe is your like house not clean. You were trying to say it in the nicest way possible. (laughs) And all of us just started dying laughing because we know her house is a disaster. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just the funniest thing. I don't know, but it was so funny because nobody would know that. Like there was no way for you to know that that was going on in her house. But the minute that you so kindly were trying to say, you know, your grandma's not really all that happy with how you keep your house. <laughs> right. That's so funny. So funny. But so what about, you know, you have a lot of people that dream of people that have passed, right? That, that is, you know, in, in my work, I mean, I have it happened to me a lot. As a matter of fact, my grandmother just came to me like a week or so ago and I hadn't seen her in a couple of years and it was awesome. It was awesome. But I feel like there are some people that never get the dreams. They just never have that person ever come to them in their dreams. And then you have other people, they get them all the time. I'm one of those people. I get it all the time. Is there an energy block within that person that they're just like, it is, first of all, do you feel that they're really coming to you in a dream? And secondly, is there a block that people put up that they are not ready to see that person? And that's why that doesn't happen? So
1: uh, as far as if the dreams are real, yes. Granted, we also, you know, our subconscious can project things. So I always tell people, in order to figure out if it's a visitation dream or not, um, it really depends. A lot of the times with visitation dreams, it's not so much spoken words. It's not a movie being played out, like uh, like when you have a regular dream. It's more of sometimes you see them. There may be an embrace. Maybe there's sometimes, but not usually, but sometimes I've seen where words can be exchanged, like just like a gentle, like a hello, or I miss you, or I'm safe, or I love you, something like that. And then you wake up and you feel like you were just in the room with them. Where, um, you know, I've had people go, they visited me, but it was a bad dream. I said, they're not going to come to you
0: in a bad dream. right? And that's your own fears. That's interesting you say that. So the grandmother visit, that the dream I just had, who I hadn't had in a couple of years. I woke up in the morning and I said, Grandma just came to me and she had on the most gorgeous blue dress, blue and white floral dress. And she walked in the room and she was smiling and she came over to me and she hugged me and I felt her chin whiskers on my face. That was my dream. That was it. I literally woke up in the morning feeling like I had been poked by her. You know, you know, we all get those hairs on right. our chin. Yes. <laughs> I literally woke up in the morning feeling on my face like when she hugged me her little chin hairs had poked me in the face. That was the yep. that was the only thing that happened in the dream. But I woke up and I'm like, she was so like she was so vibrant and so happy, and the dress was beautiful. She was glowing, and that's all she did. She walked. So it's amazing. And I've told my husband this. So this is not like me saying because you just said that, telling you this story. I woke up and told my husband exactly verbatim what you're saying to me. But the chin hairs were the thing that I was like, holy shit, she poked. She got plucked those suckers. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. That's the visitation. It's amazing. Now, interesting, though, when my girlfriend's parents were in a, a car accident a number of years ago, very tragic, right? They and they, they both died together suddenly. And maybe a month or two, I don't even know the time frame. I had a dream with both of them. They came to me and it was so real. We were in their home. Now we've been cleaning out the house and doing all that kind of stuff. But in this dream, her mom was holding a folded up jacket. Like it looked like um, it looked like a, I don't even know how to describe it, but kind of a plaid sort of material. And she was like petting it in the dream, petting it. And she would push it to me and she would bring it back. And she would push it to me and she would bring it back. She'd keep petting it. And we were talking, but I couldn't tell you like what we were talking about. Right. It was just like how the dream was going. And then at the end, she finally passed over this jacket to me and said, "Okay, here you go. And they walk off and they close hands and they and they made comments to each other like, you know, it's been a wonderful life. Are you ready? I'm ready. And they kind of leave my dream. Two days later, my girlfriend gets a phone call from the dry cleaner in the town that her family had a business in that said, we heard about your parents and we didn't know how to get in touch with you, but your mom's fur coat has been here. She had it for winter storage and we really didn't know what to do with it. Um, hello. I had told my girlfriend the next morning, I'm like, your mom came to me in the dream and she was, it, it, to me, it was just like a wool coat. It wasn't fur. It wasn't anything. It was just this plaid material, but she was petting it like the whole time. Yeah. She was like, doing this. yeah. And she would do, you know, give it to me and she wasn't quite ready. And then she handed it over and that's when they left the dream. But then two days later, that dry cleaner calls and said, I've been trying to figure out how to get in touch with you because I have your mom's fur coat. Not a mistake. A hundred percent. That's what she was trying to tell me. Two things. One, somebody's trying to, you know, my coat, don't forget it was a prized possession, right? Don't forget about my coat. And number two, we're okay. You know, like that was the whole, like, just to me, I didn't know the coat aspect. But the next day when I called my girlfriend, I just thought it was the point was to say, we're happy. We're okay. Everything's safe. Everything's, you know, we're good
1: given the fact
0: of what happened, but the coat, right?
1: Weird. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, as as to, for the second part of your question too, with um, whether or not somebody's blocked, honestly, it's not so much that somebody's blocked that they're, they don't want, they're afraid to see them. We all, Just like when you were saying those clear senses earlier about like the way I receive my information, we are all unique in how we connect with them or how, or, or just in general, we're just unique. Each of us is a different energy being, you know, some of us have dreams and are dreamers, whether it's dreaming of somebody who's passed or whether it's just having our, or other dreams where you feel like you're getting messages from the divine or your guides or just having just dreams, you know, like somebody's very visual then there are people that are just not dreamers. So, and and they've never been dreamers. You know, mm-hmm. it's a rare occasion they wake up and remember a dream that they had. So those people aren't going to necessarily connect with their loved ones in that way because it's just not how they process things. Right,
0: that makes a lot of sense. Ironically, I don't typically remember my dreams, but those are dreams you can't forget. Like those right. kinds of things, like those you wake up and you feel like that just happened, I was just there, you know? Yeah, so- wrap things up, because I could talk to you like for hours and hours on end, because I just find you so absolutely amazing. Is there anybody that you would say that would not do well with, you know, if they're stuck in the grieving process, if they're if they're stuck in some sort of trauma, if they need, you know, they tried a lot of things and they're not working and they want to reach out to do somebody, work with somebody that does energy work, which doesn't necessarily mean a psychic medium. It could be you, you're talented in many different areas and you do a lot of different types of energy work but is there anybody that should avoid energy work
1: I don't feel like anybody should avoid it but it's coming at the right time sometimes um I feel some people are so quick too especially more so when somebody had just passed and Mm -hmm. they want to communicate and they have those feelings of guilt or they want answers or they want to know their loved one's okay they want to come very quick and sometimes like and get a session as soon as possible you've got to give that soul time to transition and to, you know back to where they are you know i call it heaven but you really could use any term you know the the universe and you need to give yourself time to process it because sometimes if you're in this deep dis- despair and depression and heartache like in the heart of it that could actually sometimes just block the energy of having a a clear reading because how it works is when I do mediumship, you know, there needs to be a like energetic match. So my energy has to blend with the person that I'm reading. And my energy also has to blend with the person that's trying to communicate. And it's like a three way call. Cool. Right. And I always, always tell people like to dumb it down, to make sense of it. You know, sometimes you may meet somebody and they seem very nice. They're smiling, they're talking, but you don't feel, you get a feeling like, like almost two magnets pushing them each other away, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you're not, you're not vibing with them. You're not feeling, even though they may seem nice, like, or something's not right. Or you feel like this is not somebody I'd hang out with. Like, that's what it's like, you know? So if I'm not getting a clear, energetic, bond and blending with your energy and then the energy of the person that's passed, it's going to make it like static radio and make it very difficult to communicate clearly with them. That makes a lot of relay the messages, Mm -hmm. you know, and then there's also the other side of it. I could be relaying messages, but they may not be the messages they wanted to hear. It may not be the person they wanted to hear from. So they're saying no to everything and they're closing themselves off because it's not what they want. Gotcha. You got to come with an open mind because no medium, I could tell you, no medium has control over who's going to come or what they're going to say. It all depends on who can blend with who. Like I've had it where people have come to me and at the end of a session will say, oh, I'm so glad you brought through my uncle. I've gone to three other mediums in the past and he's never come. Mm -hmm. But then I've also been on the other side of it of somebody at the end saying, I don't understand why my sister didn't show up. She always comes through in my readings. Right. Hey, her and I didn't blend. It could be her and I didn't blend. Right. I didn't feel it. Right. It could also be maybe she didn't feel it. You've already communicated. Maybe she didn't have more
0: to say. You know, there's only. So, so be open to the idea of even open. seeing different, even different people that do the work that you do, too, because because right. of what we're all, you say.
1: We all do it differently. We're all unique in the way we receive our information, relay our information. You may, you know, I even look at it like doctors. You could go see one primary doctor, and not really feel like you're driving and they're not hearing you, you know, mm-hmm. and then you go to another one that you love and you stay with for 20 years. Right. You know, there is, you know, we're all different. So you got to sometimes find the one. And then the other thing is to, I always tell people don't make it an obsession. Don't, don't be booking appointment after appointment. You can't rely on this. You still need to live your life. It's a tool, just like therapy is a tool, you know, and things like that. But you also have to be able to work through your stuff. You can't just
0: rely on this connection to keep you going. Right. That makes a lot of sense. I would imagine then you have to put as doing what you do and other people like you, you have to put up some boundaries, right? Right. Um yes. yes, if you're coming to me, you know, July of 2020, then you're not a, you're not eligible to book with me again for whatever, whatever it is, you know, in right. order to avoid that. Doesn't prevent yeah. them from going someplace else and doing that, but at least you know that you're doing what you think is right to help them in their process of whatever healing it is that they're trying to do by by creating those boundaries and and really protecting yourself too, I would imagine before we wrap it up and I want to wrap it up for you. Cause we, like I said, I could talk for forever. One last thing I want to make sure, because I said, I wanted to talk about this and we didn't. And that is just to briefly explain the difference between psychic and medium, mm-hmm. because I think there's confusion for people. They think they're either one and the same or, but they're, but they're not. Right. right. So I would say all mediums
1: are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. So psychic energy comes off of for example living living people objects things like that you're able to tap into like so say I was reading you cyclically I'd be tapping into your energy and your aura and being able to pull and 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 see and feel things from maybe your past um, presently where you're at with certain things potential future outcomes you know although the future is never set in stone we do have free will but I could tell you like based off current energy where I see something headed you, you decide you make the call. on if you want that, you know, if I see something happening, if you want that to happen for you or not, you know, like maybe mm-hmm. it's a job change or a move or something. Mm-hmm. So you can have somebody that's a very, very good psychic that could, you know, pick up on what's you and your life and everything around you and where you could be headed into your future. But mediumship is a, a kind of a higher vibration. So like as a medium, I have to kind of raise my energy level up and the spirit world kind of comes down and we meet kind of halfway in the middle and our Mm -hmm. energy, my energy blends with the energy of them and not everybody is able to do that. So that's why I say like, and if you're able to, as a medium, obviously then you can connect to the the psychic level, right? Right. Like where we are here on the earth plane. Yeah. Um, you know, so that level, um, obviously not all psychics are able to raise their vibration enough to, to blend and connect. So, yeah. So you could, like I said, some people will say like I'm looking specifically for a medium. They know the difference, but not everybody does. Right. You know? So a medium can get both information. They could read you, they could read and and connect with those on the other side where the psychic would just read you. Well,
0: I think that's cool. It's just amazing work. And um, I'm sorry that it was a difficult couple of months while you figured out exactly where you were and what was going on. But man, am I glad to see how it came out for you on the other end. Oh my God, I talk
1: about that all the time. I'm grateful.
0: At the time, (laughs) I never would have thought I'd be grateful. I'm sure sure your husband too. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) definitely. Lisa, if people want, cause you, you did mention that you're international. And I, I, I mean, obviously I live close enough to you that I can see you in person, but people can work with you virtually if they want to correct. You're hard correct. to get, but they can. And if they want to do that, they're going to visit your website. Is that the best place to come find you?
1: Uh, yep. Yeah. So for private appointments, you book them right on online on my website, which is com. And then there's a tab that says appointments. And then I do yeah for remote, I do the zoom option. If you want to do face to face, if you're not tech savvy, I do uh, phone as well. Right. It works the same. It's connecting energy, right? So energy has no boundaries. I
0: have clients in Amsterdam and like all over the place. <laughs> it's really cool. Uh, you all know, doing like muscle testing and stuff like that. And in, in my room, there's a lot of practitioners that can do it the same way because it's energy work and they can right. do it. They can do it while they're on the phone with them or they're on Zoom with them and they can do all those kinds of things, which is just, it's just amazing to me. I'm totally digging it. So Lisa, thank you for all of this and talking to us and having such a fun time recording the session. I appreciate it. I had it. great time. Thank you for having me on. Like what you heard here, tired of chasing doctor after doctor, test after test only to feel like you're either not heard, you're being told you're normal even though you feel lousy or just simply putting a band-aid on your symptoms, let me help you put you on the road to recovery. Come to my website root-reasons.com that's r-o-o-t-r-e-a-s-o-n-s.com Inside there, you can join my monthly membership where I'll put you on a program and help you figure out what's going on and what is right for your body to help you start healing. Inside there, you'll also have the opportunity to upgrade your membership and work one-on-one with me. Want to learn more? Follow me on my Instagram, Jess B Root Reasons.